0: Let us begin with a prayer. Our Father in heaven, thy design is perfect, thy instructions are precise, thy word is precious, and we do pray, O Lord, that the truth be not hindered as it comes forth, that it may encourage us, O Lord, to a closer walk with thee, and with one another as thou hast intended it to be in a marriage by thy design. Bless to us, this getting together, dear Father, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. It is evident that the marriage institution in our society is in serious trouble. And it's so necessary that we turn to God's word and be reminded and encouraged as to what God's intention for marriage is. God intended marriage to be something precious, something enjoyable, something that makes us grow. You know, our childhood stories, which usually ended with the heroes getting married and living happily ever after, this kind of a story nowadays, children many don't relate to them. So let's look at the word, and we like to use a scriptural basis for this topic as found in Ephesians 5, specifically verse 25 and 33. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Nevertheless, let everyone of you in particular, so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. These verses speak about love and respect. Marriage counselors, they state that the most common reason for unhappiness and marital problems is the complaint that wives don't feel loved and appreciated by their husbands. And that husbands do not feel respected and appreciated by their wives. When these complaints are researched in the light of Ephesians 5.33, we come to the conclusion that husbands are made to be respected and expect respect. Yet. Without respect from her, she reacts without love. Wives are made to love, and want love, and expect love. And yet, at times, the husband fails to deliver. Without love from him, she reacts without respect. This sets a cycle into motion, which continues To spin out of control, if a couple is caught up in this cycle then they become irritated almost daily with each other's bad habits. This irritation leads to greater criticism of each other and produces more tension and disagreements. The final result is that the wife feels unloved and the husband lacks the respect that he desperately needs. And this is what happens. Without love, she reacts without respect. Without respect from her, he reacts without love. And the cycle just keeps spinning and escalating. We call this the crazy cycle. You know, when this happens, sometimes you stop and think, now, what did start this? And it's hard to pinpoint. For instance, uh, here's a typical scenario. Anniversaries, birthdays, they're very important to wives. to Husbands, they're not as important and they forget. Now, here's a situation where he forgot many times the anniversary. But now, this year, he's going to make sure that he won't forget. after work, he goes to the drugstore and looks through the rack, and finally finds something he thinks is really touching, and he buys it, writes something in it, and comes home and says, "Honey, here, I love you."
1: Thank you. That's one of the first times you've remembered our anniversary after all these years. How sweet of you!
0: I knew it. What, what's the mother? Read it. Come on. Birthday. <laughs> That's typically you. I looked in the store and, and and I read it all and
1: somehow I missed this. <laughs> That's how much you really think of me. I know it's always other things are more important than me.
0: It's honest meat sticks. Now don't make a big thing out of such a little. Yeah, to you, it's a little thing, but to me, it's not. Oh, honey, it's our anniversary now. Don't spoil it for today. You do this to me every time. You just oh. spoiled
1: another anniversary.
0: If that's how you want to have it, well, I'm glad about a birthday card.
1: <laughs> to tell you the truth, it was our anniversary yesterday, and this is the card he bought for me. Wasn't an anniversary card.
0: <laughs> and what? and what the intention was to have a nice evening together turns out that he doesn't speak she's upset and it's spoiled crazy cycle did start excuse
1: me the issue really wasn't the card it was the fact that I felt unloved and because I railed on him he felt that I wasn't respecting him.
0: Now how can we stop things from spinning out of control and getting into a crazy cycle? How can we turn around things? Well, the husband must believe that the wife does not intend to be disrespectful. Deep down, in her heart, she still respects him even if she becomes nasty. The wife must decide to believe that her husband does not mean to be unloving, though he hurts her at times. With this attitude, this leads to interpreting, interpreting the other person in a much less negative way. This is the result of a conscious decision to change their approach toward each other. The cycle stops spinning completely when one realizes that her respect motivates his love and his love motivates her respect. And this is what we get then. So in order to energize each other, you must recognize your spouse's basic needs, believe that your spouse has no ill will toward you, The couple must realize that his love motivates her respect, her respect motivates his love, and you must be proactive. Take the initiative. And this is what we get then. His love motivates her respect. Her respect motivates his love. This is what we call an energizing cycle. You just feel like doing things for each other, and it is a joy to be together. Now let's look again at Ephesians 5 25 and 33. Husbands, love your wife even as Christ loved the church. What kind of love is that? That husbands are called to love their wives? But if the wife is unlovable, should he still love her? Did Christ love the church? I think we must conclude this is the kind of love, and if you look it up, that we read in First Corinthians 13, to be long-suffering, to be patient, kind, to think no evil. That's the kind of love it speaks here. So husbands are called to love their wives with that kind of agape love, even if she is not lovable. Now let's look at the other words especially the second half, which is not as much emphasized nowadays. The wife see that she reverends her husband. Now, will she say, I'm going to respect him if he deserves it, he's going to have to earn it? Is that what we read in this verse? Well, if that's the case, then it's going to be quite tough for the husband. They are to respect their wife. They are to, sorry. To, they are to love their wives as Christ did love the church. And in addition, they must earn the respect. Well, what does the Bible say? In 1 Peter 3 1, 2, we read. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by their conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Here, the wives are told that they should respect their husband, even if he doesn't deserve it. It's a husband that does not obey the word. He doesn't deserve it. Isn't that what Christ teaches? Love your enemies? Do they deserve it? This is Christ's way. It's an unconditional respect that we talk about here. So we must conclude that love and respect in a marriage, is not because one or the other earned it, but because the word says so. It's Christ's way, and that's the only way it's going to work. Now, God created men and women, and they are different. They are so different, in spite of what the society tells us now, they are physically, emotionally, their needs are different. They even see and hear different. For instance, a wife will look at the closet and will say, I got nothing to wear. What does that mean? What she means is she got nothing new to wear. Uh, (laughs) a, A husband looks at the closet and says, I got nothing to wear. What does he mean? he means he got nothing clean to wear. (laughs) And, I mean, those of us that have been married for some time know that no, that no, does not mean no. If she says, you choose, that doesn't mean that you make the decision. (laughs) What she means is, you find out what I like. (laughs) And don't blame your husband. Don't blame your wife. God made us different. And it's a great comfort when we find out it's not that just my wife is that way or that my husband is that way. No, that's in the design. God put us and he expects us now to work with this. And the key to it is love and respect. Husband needs respect. More than they need love. Yes, they want love. But you do out of respect. It doesn't work with them. So husbands and wives often communicate in code. And sometimes they don't know how to decipher the messages that they send to one another. Men hear criticism as contempt. No, she doesn't respect me. And women feel silence as hostility. He doesn't care. When we misinterpret the message, our spirits deflate very quickly. And this leads to feelings of being unloved or being disrespected. This is the real issue of any misunderstanding. And and often men especially, they don't know how to express this. No. They don't know how to express this, that they're not respected. The woman wants the man to be genuine, like when there is a difference, and the man did fail in something, the woman wants the man to be genuinely sorry by asking for forgiveness. The man, on the other hand, he wants the woman to apologize for her tone of voice and sounding disrespectful. This is the only true remedy for any misunderstanding. In order to be able to do this, you must believe, as we said before, that your spouse has no ill will toward you. Your spouse doesn't get up in the morning and says, well, I'm going to give him a hard time. No. <laughs> You've got to believe that, and I don't think that's hard to believe. This brings back the love and the respect connection which is so necessary for the marriage to work. The wife must give unconditional respect by displaying a respectful expression and tone of voice even when the man fails to be the man she wants. Men must show unconditional love even when they feel that they have been disrespected. The couple must energize each other with the simple realization that his love motivates her respect her respect motivates his love. Love is not the mother tongue of the husbands. But as he lives out the simple truth presented in the following acronym, which spells couple, it will energize his wife, she will respond with respect, which is the husband's mother tongue. So Margaret is going to talk now, as a wife, to the husbands about what wives do value.
1: Husbands, I'm going to try to give you a crash course in understanding women in 10 minutes. (laughs) hope you get it. these six values that are up here that spell the word couple closeness openness understanding peacemaking loyalty and esteem if you can treat these six values as your instrument panel imagine you're a pilot and you're flying and you're up in the fog and you don't know whether you're upside down or right side up you need to look at these six values and know that they are true they are honest they're not a lie they will help you land safely okay the word couple means two people connected together this is the key to how women view relationships. Wives want connectivity. Think of a photo as symbolizing your relationship. Imagine that the photo is torn in two or a corner is damaged. The wife sees it as her mission to tape the relationship back together. So women want, <clears throat> excuse me, women want to confront, to connect and repair. But the typical response of a man who is wearing blue sunglasses, we have a little description that says the men see things from blue sunglasses, the women see it from pink sunglasses. And that's where we're not decoding each other's messages. He thinks that the wife is confronting to control. But, wives, you can substantiate your husband's misunderstanding because of your tone of voice and your mannerisms. When that happens in our house, Eckhart's comment is, and it's just enough to deflate it, he says, honey, remember, women confront to communicate, not to control. I get the picture. Because your tone of voice doesn't give you the idea you're confronting to communicate. You're confronting to control. The first aspect is closeness. The biblical meaning of closeness is cleaving. Cling to, hold, uh, keep close. Cleaving is not just physically, as we read in Genesis, but it is spiritually and emotionally as well in fact in Deuteronomy it states that the the husbands of the Israelites were allowed to stay home one year just to cultivate that closeness to set the tone for the closeness of their relationship we don't have that privilege we're lucky if we get a few minutes when the husband gets home from from work to to create a little bit of closeness but this is important when the husband first gets home he needs to spend what some authors call couch time fifteen minutes Don't go to the children first. Don't go to your computer first. Go to your wife first. The minute you get in the door, greet her, spend a few minutes together. It might save you an hour-long discussion later. (laughs) Your wife needs face-to-face time. That, for her, spells heart-to-heart time. And a husband needs to be affectionate every day. It's a good feeling when Eckhart comes up to me and says to me, Honey, have I told you I love you today? And he usually does it every day. And it's just something that reassures you that makes you feel good. (laughs) The next one is openness. She wants you to be open to her sharing your feelings. Give her your full attention. That's important. Discussing concerns and future ideas. But let her... But let her husband make one small, unkind remark that feels unloving to her, and she's totally upset with him until things are repaired. If we go back to that repair thing that I mentioned earlier. When she feels hurt, lonely, or neglected, she definitely has no interest in responding to you physically. Women want to ask questions not to be probing or prying. They want to to keep things up to date. She's trying to move closer to you. Sometimes it's too much for the husbands, and Eckhart will say, Honey, you asked too many questions, That I know it's time to stop. The next point is understanding. Don't try to fix her. Just listen. Wives love to talk to release their emotions and process their feelings. As she talks to you, it clarifies things for her, and she feels better, and she feels understood. They often don't need a solution, just a listening ear. After she's finished telling you all her stories, she'll say, Thanks, honey, that really helped me. <laughs> you haven't said a word. <laughs> tell her often how much you appreciate all she does. Her need to feel you, understand, is insatiable. You'll never be able to fill it. Every effort you make in this way will tell her, I love you. The next point, peacemaking. Without peace in your relationship, she doesn't feel close. She doesn't feel you're open, and she certainly thinks you don't understand. She wants to be sure you aren't angry with her so that she can feel loved. Any husband who wants fewer ongoing arguments will learn to simply say, Honey, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I didn't mean to do that. A wife can be extremely upset, but if a husband expresses sorrow for what he did, she melts. When you show a loving demeanor during a conflict of any kind, you are likely to touch the deepest part of her heart. You will make peace with her when you, when you don't blame her, but instead confess your part of the blame. Loyalty. She needs to know that you're committed. She's assured of your loyalty when you speak highly of her in front of others. You are involved in things that are important to her. You help make decisions. You make commitments. You are never critical in front of her in front of others. And the last one, esteem. She wants you to honor and cherish her. As a husband, you tie your self-image into who you are in your work and your accomplishments. Your wife, however, ties her self-worth into who she is in the family. You will never be able to show her the amount of emotional openness and esteem that she wants, but symbolic things such as that card, can, be, can uh, do a great deal to bridge the gap. She puts great emphasis on these. God designed your wife to be touched by things that symbolize your love and show that you treasure her. Give her compliments encourage, or praise with kindness and enthusiasm. Quite a challenge for the husbands, isn't it?
0: Now, husbands, <clears throat> their values are different. Yes, they like those things too, but more important are certain other things. The acronym CHAIRS spells respect to your husband. God gave husbands the need and responsibility to chair the relationship of marriage. Six major values that the husband holds are conquest, hierarchy, authority, insight, relationship, sexuality. And here now I'm speaking as a husband to the wives. Conquest, appreciate his desire to work and achieve. This is an inborn desire to go out and conquer the challenges of the world. You will remember that already in Genesis 2, chapter 2, when God created man, he put him in the garden to do what? to dress and keep it. Man identifies with his work. When two men meet, they usually ask each other, well, what do you do? They mean, what do you work? It's very important to them. Husbands find their identity in their work. If his work is not important to his wife, he feels like a loser. In a marriage, it's expected that man will do the providing, the working. A woman, they one would like mostly to stay home and have family. But they, also some nowadays like to have a choice whether to go to work or whether to stay home. But it's not expected right away that a woman will work. The husband has the work. Hierarchy. Precious, appreciate his desire to protect and provide. A man feels so strongly about this that if it were necessary, he would even die for his family. Remember Ephesians 5.25? God designed him that way. This is a great responsibility placed on him by God. God did not mean this as a superior position, but one of greater responsibility. Men are very sensitive to put-downs in the area of providing for the family. Women woman must guard against slowly taking over his role. How would you feel you now if you go visiting and they have a nice house, a big house, and your wife starts saying, oh, he must be really making a lot of money. Look what a nice place. Oh, wouldn't it be nice to have one like that? That makes the feel, the husband really less. Authority. Appreciate his desire to serve and to lead. The husband wants acknowledgement that he is the leader, the one in authority, because God had given him that responsibility. And again, when we look at Genesis, after Adam and Eve sinned, God called Adam to give account first. That's a responsibility God placed on him In order for things to work, the wife is called to defer to her husband. A refusal to submit or to respect the husband is a refusal to trust God. And by your example, it will be much easier for your children to obey you and your husband by the way you respect the authority of your husband. Insight appreciate his desire to analyze and counsel women like to make often often like to make decisions by intuition men like to look at things and analyze things both are needed if there comes up a difficult situation both husband and wife need to examine the situation and when something is amiss try to come to a solution or if needed seek godly counsel a wife can often slip into an attitude of self-righteousness without realizing it. You know, After all, she teaches her children what to do. She may start to tell her husband what to do and treat him like one, like a child. And since she is way more verbal, usually, than the husband, you know, he just may keep quiet and not say it anymore. And sadly, you can see that happen in some families where the husband has no say. Not that he has an opinion or an insight that would be valuable, but because the wife took over and runs the family. A wife can often slip into an attitude of self-righteousness without realizing it. This leads to a subtle, judgmental spirit that she knows better. Always acknowledge and thank him for his insight and counsel. And again, when we look back to Genesis, it was Eve that was deceived. Not, not Adam. Adam had the insight to know that it was not right. But he disobeyed knowingly God in order to listen to his wife. When he was expected, he to make the final decision really because he's going to be accountable. Relationship. Try to understand his need for shoulder-to-shoulder Friendship. Men communicate by sharing experiences and activities, not feelings. Men grow close by doing activities together, shoulder to shoulder, often with very little talking. If you do more things together, shoulder to shoulder, it will enable him to open up and talk to you. This will eventually develop into a friendship that both of you need.
1: I just want to share a little story that I think is kind of cute to illustrate that point. And um, it's about a husband and wife, and he's saying that we need to spend shoulder-to-shoulder time together, which is not a common thing for women, but more so for the men. And this, tip, this one day this couple was, uh, he was working in his workshop, and the wife was sitting there. And he was busy working, and he looked up at her, and he smiled at her, and he continued on his work. And then he looked up a little while later and smiled again at her and continued on his work. A few minutes later, he looked up and he says, honey, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it.
0: (laughs) Now, we know that wives are very busy, are very busy. They always got things to do. But think of it, a husband does appreciate to just be together and not just for talking. Sexuality. Appreciate his desire for sexual intimacy. A husband has a need for physical release through sexual intimacy. When a wife refuses, that symbolizes to him that she does not care about him and does not respect him and his need. A wife must realize that his sexuality is much different from hers. Men are visually oriented when it comes to sexual desire. Women are not. He needs sexual release just as women need emotional release. In Matthew 5, the Lord says, if a man looks upon a woman and lusts, underlining that this is how a man is affected, doesn't speak to women. David fell to that temptation. He looked and lusted. Now Bathsheba had a great part in that too. So we must be careful how we appear to others. Even righteous Job, of whom God said that he was righteous, he knew this. And we read in Job 31, 7, he said, I made a covenant with mine eyes that I will not think upon a maid. If you meet the need of your spouse, it will come back to you as your spouse seeks to meet your needs. Now, if you read the Bible, you will find that the husbands are always told to love their wives. And and as far as I know, every time it's this agape love. It doesn't say that to the woman. To the woman, it says that they should be subjection, that they should obey, that they should respect their husbands. The only time that the Bible says that wives should love their husbands, it uh, speaks about a different kind of love, a filial love. And we find that in Titus 2:3-5, 3, 3, where it says, the aged women teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Now, we want to follow this advice of the scripture and let Margaret talk about some thoughts uh, on this verse.
1: When I look into the mirror, I realize that I fit into the category of those first few words on that verse. And so I'm obligated and I feel obligated to share some thoughts this morning. As Eckhart said, we need to learn to affectionately love our husbands. Did anybody teach you wives how to love your husbands? I can honestly say nobody taught me. And sad to say, we wasted a few years in our marriage where things could have been better because I didn't know how to love my husband. And so I feel obligated to pass on some things that I have learned over the years and through reading and whatever that I think are important points that we need to remember. The problem with many marriages is that there is an overinvestment in the children and an underinvestment in their marriage. We need to spend time with our spouses regardless of the number of children there are in the family. And women, how how can you show your husband affectionate love? I've just written a few points down here. I'm just going to mention them. Pray for him daily. I started a journal page just for him, and I make a list of things to pray for. Ask him what his prayer needs are. They'll change, maybe from week to week or day to day. And the first thing I want to start my prayer with is praying for him. I have a a, a prayer journal also that I pray for others. But I need to start with him because he's my first priority. He should be our first, our greatest human priority because that's what God put us together for. Plan for him special dinners, time together. Prepare for him daily. The house, your appearance, your greeting. Some people even go as far as to clear out all the visitors from your home when he arrives. Stay off the phone. Be home when he's home. I could never understand this when we were younger. I worked a good portion of the time uh, out of the home. And even when I was home and the children were smaller, couldn't understand why he always wanted me home. And I'd come home sometimes after having been out... And it would be later in the evening, I come in and the lights are all out. I think, where is he? He must have gone out. He's lying on the Chesterfield in the dark. And I said, what's the matter? Don't you feel well? No, you weren't home. <laughs> and it was, it was just obvious that he, he, he wanted me there. And that's what our priority is. Please him. Pay careful attention to his wants, his likes, his dislikes. Protect your time with him. Make him your number one human priority. Physically love him. Respond positively to him. Praise him. And one important thing, I think, for the women, and when I look around, especially as I've gotten older now, and I look to see w- why are there problems in marriages. And I think the number one pr- uh, reason is submission of the wife. Sorry, wives. I hate to say it. But this is one area where I think I had a lot of learning to do too. If we don't, if we don't submit ourselves, and if we aren't in submission to our husbands, nothing goes right. God wants us not only to obey him, but to submit willingly to the authority of man who is our head. A wife's obedience to her husband testifies that God's word and ways are right. We have difficulty submitting because of the fear that man is incapable of doing everything right. We wonder what will happen if the husband does things his way. We want to help him do things according to our understanding of right. But in so doing, we usurp man's role in the family. If you're just being obedient, that's an external act of compliance. But submission toward any authority is a respectful attitude that comes before, during, and after all occasions. Submission includes a woman's freedom of choice. She has the choice to submit. Her choice is to obey God by freely yielding herself to the authority he has placed over her it involves trust and i believe that's our biggest problem her absolute trust in the integrity of god submission is the natural result of a woman's of a biblical woman's abiding trust in god and it's the fruit of her desire to do his will i've got a few suggestions on how to become a more submissive wife first of all make submission your choice remember the husband answers to god for leading and the wife answers to him for following sometimes we don't think of that think beyond your marriage even if your husband isn't as lovable as you would like him to be ultimately your, your your submission has very little to do with him it has everything to do with the Lord so if you can't do it for him do it because the Lord requires it of you strengthen your faith because that will increase your trust that God can make things work out right And I I have to insert this little um, example of Sarah in the Bible. Twice, she uh, submitted to her husband when he was wrong. And twice, God protected her. And Abraham didn't learn from his first lesson when he said, you tell them that you are my sister. And many years later, he repeated the same act. And yet she submitted again knowing what had happened the first time. To me, that's a powerful example of submission. Remind yourself that your obedience to your husband testifies to all who are watching that God's word and way are right. Dedicate your heart to honoring your husband. The word reverence means to stand in awe of. I have a confession to make. I haven't made it yet. I I cannot say that I stand in awe of my husband, (laughs) but I'm working on it. Respect him and respond to his words and actions positively. If this is difficult to do at first, begin by saying nothing. Bite your tongue. And I have a hard one with that one sometimes too. Then train yourself to respond with a single positive word such as, sure. You can ask the questions later but the first impression you give him is that you're in agreement with him you are not bucking him you are being submissive but then later during the discussion period you have time to ask your questions and and there's uh, I want to talk just a little bit about man's image god created man with an inner desire to lead and protect women however due to the sin nature of man and poor child training he often develops a distorted self-image rather than a mature image which causes difficulty fulfilling his God-given role as the head of the family. When this happens, he may become one of the following types of leaders. A passive leader. There's an inferiority complex. Insecure, cowardly, selfish. He may become an aggressive leader, an inflated ego, arrogant, bully, self-centered. An unspiritual leader, not the spiritual head, but defers to the wife. Self-image is synonymous with manliness and can easily be shattered. Wives, you have the power to destroy the self-image of your husband by ignoring what he tells you about anything, politely listening to him but disregarding his wishes, doing whatever you feel is best, making sure that he knows your needs come first. You can help repair his poorly developed self-image by being the godly wife. Women have a great influence on the men. Just look at the example in the garden. What an influence she had on Adam. She was able to make him disobey God because he was so willing to please her. So a woman can have a substantial influence on her children and younger women, but the greatest impact a woman makes is on her husband. And I've often wondered, as I looked around throughout the years, why is this man, has he developed or this husband developed into such a great leader, such a great person? And it's not for no reason that there's a saying that behind every successful man is a woman that is helping him to become that. That's our role. But we can also help to destroy that person or prevent him from becoming the leader that he should be. And a wife's influence is felt in four basic areas of her husband's life. His masculinity. She can mentally and emotionally abuse his masculinity when she treats him as a child, complains about his decisions, corrects him in public. She can reinforce his weakness with her own words and actions. She can influence his initiative to succeed in life. Her demonstration of trust in his ability to succeed and her appreciation of his efforts strengthens his resolve to be victorious in life's business. Are in life's battles. His major leadership decisions, the husband should make the decisions that have a major impact on the entire family. The wife makes the decisions on how to successfully implement the policies of her husband. She has the freedom of choice as long as she stays within the guidelines set by her husband. A wife is in a position to influence his decisions, but she must not use her persuasive influence to usurp his authority. She's also a great influence on spiritual issues. The husband's responsibility for spiritual leadership is a grace gift given by God for the wife's protection from deception. And and as you look around, the families that are in trouble are the ones where the women have usurped the man's authority. You check for yourself. I've been watching. I've been looking. And invariably, the woman has overstepped her position in that God-given line of authority. Our ultimate calling is to help our husbands become the most spiritual being that they can be, and so fulfill God's plan. This also helps us become the spiritual being that God wants us to be. And I have to say, I've done the things in my life, I have done the career, I have done the children, but the greatest fulfillment in all of those things has been what I can be to my husband.
0: As you energize each other by doing the above-mentioned things, you are both rewarded by having your needs fulfilled. As you step out in faith to do this, it will also bring you the reward of a happy marriage. By stepping out in faith, you will bring Christ directly into your acts of unconditional love and unconditional respect. In marriage, everything you do counts, even if your spouse ignores you at first because there is a fundamental truth that you must never forget, and that is, what you do matters to God. Nothing is wasted. This thought of not only rejuvenating poor marriages, but also is helpful to good marriages. All husbands and wives should be practicing love and respect principles first, and foremost, out of obedience toward Christ. In the ultimate sense, your marriage has very little to do with your spouse. It has everything to do with your relationship to Jesus Christ. Ephesians 6, 7, 8, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good things any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And that also applies to marriage. You can't really practice these principles unless you do it unto Christ. A husband's unconditional love for his wife reveals his love for Christ. A wife's unconditional respect for her husband reveals her reverence for Christ. Marriage is a test of how you unconditionally love and respect your spouse as you obey, honor, and please the Lord. Primarily, you don't practice love and respect to meet your needs in marriage, as important as they are. The first goal is to obey and please Christ. When you try to do this often, but not always, your needs are met. And there is there are wonderful byproducts and blessings. The attitude of loving, pleasing, honoring, and submitting to God with whatever it takes leads to inner freedom and maturity of spirit. And this brings us then now to the rewarded cycle. His love, regardless of her respect. Her respect, regardless of his love. This is what is going to be rewarded, especially in heaven. In conclusion, we may say and ask ourselves, is God's purpose for marriage for you to live happily ever after? Or is it rather to make you more holy? Now, if there are any questions or comments... We like to entertain if we can answer them. We are learning still. We also have handouts, worthy, on the back table there. And if you do run out of handouts, put your name down. If you want to have one, your email, and we can email them to you too. Yes. how do you help a couple that is caught up in a crazy cycle, how do you help them to get out of it? By coming to this forum.
1: Giving them the Love and
0: Respect. Yeah. Most of the material that was presented we have taken from this book. Yeah, it's very commendable. It, it, it reads simply. It, it strikes a chord. You can identify the things that are said there. It is based on God's word. It makes a lot of sense. The title is Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egerich. In the handout, there is also a a bibliography list in the last page. Yes?
1: I think that's very true. Uh, Her comment was that if they concentrate on their relationship with God, then their relationship with each other will improve.
0: Whenever you look to the Bible for a source, you are concentrating on what God does, and that's just what you do then. Yeah, Ready? Yeah.
1: I think the, the, the hardest time for women to submit is when, when you men are one of those three types of leaders a passive leader, aggressive leader, or an unspiritual leader. So if you concentrate on, on getting yourself aligned with God and the way God wants you to be, then it's very easy for, for a wife to be submissive because then she can trust you that you'll make all the right decisions, all the right choices, and it won't be difficult to be submissive.
0: The- we said before that <clears throat> like if a wife is afraid of submitting, it's really a lack of trust in God. Like when we read in First in Peter 3, if you read on some of those verses, it said, For after this manner the old, in all old time the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves with being subjection unto their own husband. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Not out of fear, but they trusted in God. And that's how they were able to submit. Yes? Yes? <laughs> In the fear of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, The verse before 523, like 522, that is, uh, it says that the submitting one to another in the fear of God, and the fear of God is to look at the word and say, what does the word say? And there are certain things which the husband... Is expected, God wants him to do that, certain things to the wife. And then it specifically goes in the subjection of wife to husband. Yes. Any other question? If not, uh, well, thank you for your participation, and I wish you, everybody, a blessing out of it.